and welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and coming up on the show, we're going to talk about what it means and what it's like to have a clear conscience. You might have heard the saying, this person or that person has a guilty conscience, or maybe you're suffering from a guilty conscience. Well, what does it mean to have a clear conscience? Now, keep in mind, this isn't anything that's new age or anything that's out there in the cosmos or anything like that. Basically, what it is, if you want to get right down to it, it's having the inner freedom. You always talk about us inside, right? We're bringing out our inner greatness. We're trying to raise the standard. So it's inner freedom that comes by knowing that people are not offended by your thoughts or actions. Okay, now no one can point a finger at you and saying, or accuse you of offending them. It's kind of hard to do in this day and age, especially with how soft we've gotten in society. So what I'm not talking about is people being offended by maybe something that you say because you have no control over the fact that they get offended. What I mean by that is that our actions equal intention. So when it comes down to offending others, I'm talking about intention. Are we intentionally going out there and trying to offend people with what we say and by what we do? Naturally, people are going to be offended because we may have a belief system that is different from theirs, but that's not intentionally trying to go out there and offend somebody, okay? We also have to keep in mind that we live in a weak-minded society and people get offended by the slightest things. Think about um, this gender, like the pronoun thing going on, okay? In academia, you come across new people all the time. You don't know them. First time you've met them, and maybe you refer to them by the wrong pronoun because you don't know, and they get offended. Well, you can't control that. That's not what I'm talking about because your intent isn't there to offend somebody, okay? So for us to have this clear conscience as defined by not offending others we have to add the word intention. What's our intention? What's our motives? I think back to uh, the COVID days on social media. There was a lot of intentional offending of others and things that we posted and things that we wrote. And so, of course, we're not having a clear conscience. That might give us a, a guilty conscience. In fact, is it our intention to offend someone with our words or actions? Do we purposefully try to tick someone off. And again, we have to go back to the mindset. What's our mindset? Sometimes people need to hear truth. And when we're talking truth, they might get offended. Again, what's our intention? Are we intending to do that? Or are we trying to help them out? Truth will offend a lot of people. So if you're going to speak the truth to people and you do it with a purposefulness or an intentionality to that, then of course that might be offensive. But we have to not worry about that aspect of it and we have to go around and tell the truth. You know, we have to speak truth. You know, if you have somebody that's on a high cliff maybe, it's uh, summertime, people are on vacation, maybe you're someplace. Okay, here's a good example. So back in high school, I used to take a, uh, a houseboat trip with some uh, people from a church that I was going to at the time, and there was this tall cliff. I think it was like 90 feet up, something like that, and we would jump off of it. 
And so one year I went up there and I was able to uh, summon up the courage to jump off of it. Others did not. That's okay. But one of the reasons why I was able to make the decision to jump is because I trusted the people that did the depth check. They were able to somehow figure out that the area that we're jumping off of, it's safe and we have plenty of water depth to jump into. So I jumped off and I literally went down three to four layers of coldness in the water. And just when I thought I couldn't go any further, I felt another layer of cold. And then I'm trying to get back to the surface. And as I get back to the surface, I'm just about out of air and I burst through the surface and I can breathe again. But I trusted them. Okay. So now you might have these people doing social media and they're the daredevils and they want that video. And you might tell them, hey, you should not jump off of this because of XYZ. You should not do a challenge because of XYZ. Now they might get offended because they want to get, they want to capture that video that's going to make them go viral. But your intent isn't to offend them. It's to advise them that, is this actually something safe? Have you checked it out? Is there enough, enough uh, depth in water so that when you plunge through, maybe you see somebody that's starting to begin a relationship with somebody else and you know that person is toxic and so you want to talk to them and tell them maybe that's not a good idea and you offend them because of that they get mad at you they hate you because you're talking bad about someone they like and all you're trying to do is have good motives to let them know that this person might not be a good person to hang around so sometimes telling the truth is going to be offensive and we can't worry about that so what is the scope of clear conscience you have a field of vision now, for some people, when we talk about this type of thing, they have a religious belief. Some, it might be a Christian belief. Others, it might be something else. Sometimes when you're talking about this and you bring in uh, religion into it, God exists in these conversations with people that believe in a religion that has God. And so God might be the first to feel the vision. They want to have a clear conscience with their God. Then it might be immediate family. How is your conscience with your immediate family? Are you offending your immediate family purposefully and intently? Now, a lot of times it's kind of a tough, it's a tough track to go down because family can be family. You never know what's going to set family off and you might not do it intentionally. Sometimes we do. And oftentimes we will do that over the course of years. And then it's relatives. Maybe our conscience is clear with our relatives, but maybe not with our immediate family. And then from there, so you have this circle. So maybe it's your God or your religion, then your immediate family, then your relatives, and then your friends or your other social circles that you might have, and that might include online, I don't know. And then workplace, and then maybe former friends and colleagues and people that you worked with, and then maybe strangers. So you have these different degrees, these different rings, so to speak, of people in your life. And so your conscience might vary depending on who you're dealing with. Now, one of the things I would keep in mind is that the, the greatest thing to, or I guess the greatest hindrance you could say to having a clear conscience is thinking that somebody else offended us and what they did to us was equally or worse than what we did to them and therefore we brush it off as like no big deal. Or as it is today, we feel they've done more wrong to us. Really? 
They've done more wrong to us. So we're justified in what we're doing. And so our intention is to purposely do something back to them. It's in our nature. I mean, you think about politicians, they blame people all the time. The economy's bad. Blame Putin. Blame somebody else. During the vaccine, blame the unvaccinated. Whatever it is, people are always blaming somebody else for their own actions, and they don't take responsibility for it. Now, the greater, so let's say we offend somebody, okay? Let's say we do something, and maybe it's purposeful, okay? Maybe somebody did something to us, we want to exact our revenge. We want to get back at them. You hear somebody's gossiping about us. Okay, that's wrong, but we hear about it. So now we're going to go over here, and we're going to start talking bad about these people over here. Or we're going to talk bad about this person to these people over here. So the greater our guilt, the more we blame others. Okay? So we're talking bad about people over here, and this person finds out about it and confronts us. Now we have to defend ourselves and blame others. Well, I heard you doing it first, and then this person told me, so I went and told them. And then you start just throwing stuff out there. So keep in mind, the greater our guilt or guilty conscience is, the greater that is, the more we blame others. So if you find people out there blaming others for one reason or another, and they're intentionally and willfully doing that, they probably have a tremendous amount of guilt. Because when you don't have guilt and you have a clear conscience, you're not going to blame others. You're not going to justify or try to excuse your actions by blaming other people. Okay, so take bitterness, for example. When we do this with bitterness, and bitterness takes hold of our lives, that guilt increases. And when that happens, as guilt increases, and bitterness, resentment, and some of these negative attributes start to take over, it affects us both mentally and emotionally. We start to spiral downward. We're not bringing out our inner greatness. We're not raising the standard. In fact, we're actually decreasing the standard when we start to blame others and not take responsibility for the things that we have done. So you might ask yourself, what is blame? So if I'm blaming other people or you see somebody blaming other people, what is blame? Well, it's to find fault or to hold someone responsible. Okay. Sometimes blame is legit. Somebody commits a crime. They are accused or they are So they have to stand trial and you blame them for something that they've done. That's legit. Maybe you blame somebody for spilling the milk. Simple, innocent analogy. So yeah, sometimes there is a time to find fault or hold someone responsible. But when do we do that? How do we do that? What's the best course of action when it comes to blame? And so then what's guilt? So if blaming is putting the responsibility on somebody else, what is guilt? Well, guilt is our response or our feelings to oneself committing an offense, especially when done on purpose. So we talk about this guilty conscience versus having a clear conscience. What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about guilt. If we have guilt, we're going to blame others if we don't take responsibility for it. We're going to hold somebody else responsible for our actions and blame them because we don't want to take responsibility. And then guilt starts to pile up and our responses, our feelings, our emotions will start to change because of something that we did. 
We did it to ourselves. We did it to somebody else. It doesn't matter. And that's why you get a lot of emotional problems. You get a lot of mental problems. I'm not talking about mental health issues. I'm talking about just our mindset. We start to feel bad. You ever do something and then feel bad about it? See, unfortunately, in this day and age, we are blaming everybody else. We see it in society. You see it on the news. You see it in sports. You see it in celebrities. You blame everybody else. You don't take responsibility for it. Misinformation has replaced the term lie. That's all misinformation is, is lying. And so we do away with guilt. And so people think that they don't have a guilty conscience when really they do. They're just masking it in something else. So how does this fit into raising the standard, bringing out our inner greatness, taking your passion, making it happen, and letting yourself be great? Well, simply it comes down to attitude. It comes down to our attitude. When we do something wrong and we don't own up to it, but instead blame others, if we are genuine, that will begin to eat at us. Now, I know a lot of people, I've known a lot of people personally that have no more emotion. They can lie and not even think bad about it. They can blame others and not take responsibility and not even think twice about it. They can blame somebody else in one sentence and then turn around and without knowing it, admit that they did it in the next sentence. They didn't even realize that because they're still trying to blame the other person. It's amazing. So when we do something wrong and we don't own up to it and we blame others, if we're genuine and true, that's when it begins to eat at us. It affects our attitudes, our emotions. It will create a negative atmosphere around us. Ever realize or ever wonder why somebody's a toxic person? You've heard that term pox, uh, toxic. You've heard toxic masculinity, of course. You can't live in America without hearing about toxic masculinity. But when you think about it in real terms, not in political terms, not in woke terms, but toxic. And someone's toxic or they have a negative aura about them. Why is that? Ever wonder? Well, something's going on in their life that they're not taking responsibility for. Maybe they have some a habit of bad actions, a habit of bad attitudes, a habit of something not right. So when this happens, it affects our attitudes. It affects our emotions. It creates that negative atmosphere around us so that our actions, our words, and our emotions all start to turn bad. And people will feel it. They might call it negative energy or, like I said, toxic or some other adjective to describe you, but they start to see it, and you might not even see it in yourself. You ever see, maybe you're hanging out with somebody, maybe it's a coworker, or maybe back in school when you saw somebody every single day, and then you start to realize that, well, this person's changing. Now, a lot of times it could be because of circumstances, so maybe there's something going on in their personal life, but you can feel the different types of change. You can feel the distraughtness in someone if they're going through something. You can feel the anger. You can feel the disdain. You can start to feel that this person is changing through different ways. And when they start to become so-called toxic, it's because of the things that they're probably doing. And in the end, what happens? We become ugly people. People don't want to hang around us anymore. Nothing is great when we are ugly. And then when people see this negativity... They will respond to us negatively. And then the whole thing starts to go down a, a deep, dark spiral. Here's an example. So I just got a job at a radio station in Los Angeles. 
And I was working the weekend, and there's a sports host that was on on the weekends that I had to work with. I was the board operator for his show, ran the board. Yeah, the guy was uh, on the surface. You could call him toxic. He wasn't very friendly. He would get, get upset easy. He would yell at you for the littlest of things. And I remember as I was being trained to work his show, the other board op that was training me would give it back, would be toxic back. So, for example, when you came back from a commercial break, we would play bumper music, or a little bit of music to go from the commercial to the show. It was kind of a standard in radio. And sometimes, like one example, the, uh, the host asked the board op, the other guy, to not play the music so long and let him come back and start talking sooner. And when he asked that, the board operator played the music longer, played it louder, kind of did the opposite. So they had like a toxic relationship. And so people respond to this guy negatively. And I could see that the guy had like a bad attitude and he was negative. And I think it, what it was is somewhere along the lines, this reputation of being kind of this bad guy, this ne- uh, reputation of having a bad attitude kind of preceded him. And so when he would say something, people automatically took it as a bad thing and they would re- respond negatively with him. So that's an example, okay, of this thing spiraling out of control. So I decided I was just going to do my job when I worked with him. And so if he asked me to do something, I'd comply. I did not care. Now, I preferred, but I did not care the manner in which he did the asking or the telling or the screaming or the yelling or whatever. I just complied with what he wanted. That was going to be my approach because I'm a professional and you just have to deal with these attitudes and these egos in the business. So I was just going to do whatever and not worry about how or the manner in which he said it. And so then one time, apparently his cat died. And so um, I asked him or someone told me his cat died. So I went up to him and I said, hey, man, sorry to hear about your cat passing. And I was genuine and I was real. And he's like, what do you mean by that? And all of a sudden he was defensive. I'm like, no, dude, I'm serious. I'm, I heard your cat died. That's got to be a bad thing. I'm just giving you my condolences. And so then he started telling me that people were kind of giving him a hard time. They were using that to still poke at him and use that to get back at him for all the negative things that he had done to them, supposedly. And so that started to change the environment with me and this guy. And he became less toxic to me, as they say. And he became more congenial. And his manner in asking questions or asking or requesting things started to change. And then that ended as I was moving on to a different show. We ended up at Dodger Stadium in the press box and we were talking. And he spent 30, 40 minutes, maybe it was longer, just telling me his life story. And it was fascinating. And then you start to understand that because whatever happened in his past, he got this reputation of being a bad dude or that was his personality or whatever. But instead of just treating him as a professional, people would become toxic back and it escalated the situation. And so what I did was I just was a professional and ultimately diffused the situation, the relationship. And after that, we got along great. Sure, there are times that he'd flaff the handle if he was like filling in on a show I was working at. But I knew it wasn't personal. That was just his personality. And then oftentimes he might come back and apologize. Maybe he wouldn't. But it changed the dynamic because I didn't blame him. I didn't have anything. Like, I didn't fight back. I didn't do anything with purposeful intention, negative towards him. I had a clear conscience. 
I could go into work. I could see him at any time, knowing that my conscience was clear because the way I acted was intentionally and purposefully good, not negative. Others had a hard time because they knew what they were doing was intentionally and purposefully bad. And that's what caused the cycle to continue over and over and over again. I mean, it happens on social media all the time. People react to something they see on social media in a manner, and it's like, dude, you guys are strangers. Why are you guys fighting over something? The last argument I got into, it wasn't really an argument, but it was a conversation about baseball rules. Some guy was was uh, baseball rules you don't know about, and so he posted up there, and, and um, he was wrong about one thing. I know he's wrong because I looked it up, and he misinterpreted something. And I had several examples because it was uh, an obvious rule. But anyways, and so he wanted to go back and forth. And I was finally like, dude, you know what? You, you believe you are right. I'll believe I'm right. And let's move on. Because I'm not going to argue over something like that, especially on social media. But it happens. And that's baseball rules. So imagine what happens in social media, like I mentioned earlier, during COVID. Or maybe the political uh, election coming up. And other current events that are going on. It can get pretty hostile. It can get ugly. You look at all the ugly people, the negative people on TV, on social media. It's out there. They're spewing hate and all other manner of evil things. They're wishing bad things on people. And so people are going to react to our vibe, as they call it, the attitude, right? They're going to look at us and be like, oh, that person's cool. He's got a good vibe. Treats you right. Is respectful, whatever. And then you've got people, oh, that's a negative person. That's a toxic person. They've got bad juju, whatever. And so you can uh, exude whatever type of attitude you have based on how you treat other people. So if your conscience is clear, if you're purposefully treating others right, you're not intentionally trying to harm or offend other people in your actions, then people are going to understand that. People are going to see right through your false attempts at positivity if you're a guilt-ridden person because you're offending other people. So what we need to do is we need to... uh, we need to rectify our attitudes in order to change. So how do we rectify our attitudes? How do we make this change? What's the first step? If we're somebody that's negative, if we're somebody that's toxic, if we're somebody that has offended people, and not because, and we want to make a change, not because of other people, but because in us. For example, let's say I've done something. I've decided that I want to be a better person. So I need to make amends for some of the intentional things that I've done wrong to other people. I might need to seek them out and ask their forgiveness. Or on the flip side, people have done me wrong. I'm holding a grudge. I want revenge. I want to get back at them. But then I'm like, this is turning me into a negative person. And people are starting to see that. Hey, you're changing. What's wrong? So I want to get rid of it. Either way, it's about forgiveness. If you're the offender, you can go and seek forgiveness from the person If you're the one that was offended, you can voluntarily to give it up and say, you know, I'm just going to forgive them regardless if they come and ask me because I'm going to release that from me and I'm not going to hold those negative emotions and those negative feelings. I'm going to release it. I'm going to forgive them. So again, it comes down to forgiveness. So what is forgiveness? Well, I'd recommend that you go to uh, Two Steps Ahead podcast, episode 66. We did a whole show on forgiveness, a lot of in-depth stuff, but here's a clip from episode 66 that talks about forgiveness to kind of give you this idea of what forgiveness is all about. And so we go through the gamut of what is forgiveness and how does that affect us and how does that keep us from the greatness 
that is within us. Now, as you know, I like to start the show with definitions so that we can all be on the, the same page. Because a lot of times people have different definitions and they'll have different ideas of what something might be. And so by giving a definition, it just allows us to kind of be all on the same page. Okay. And so in this case, forgiveness or to forgive is the, the idea of ceasing to feel resentment towards the offender. So somebody does something to me, I resent them for that. And so I don't forgive. But when I give up that feeling of resentment, when I give up that grudge, when I give up that revenge, I am ceasing to feel that. I'm giving that up. But what we're doing is looking at people that had dramatic things happen to them. And yet they were still able to forgive. Because this is the thing, the pattern, I guess you can say, that happens. When something happens to you and you let that resentment, the grudge, the acts of revenge, the thoughts of revenge, the plotting of revenge, when you let that kind of simmer inside you, the greatness in you begins to die. It's replaced by pain. It's replaced by the struggles. It's replaced by bitterness. We have no peace. We lose control. See, when we get rid of those negative emotions, either by seeking forgiveness from somebody or just forgiving somebody, regardless of what they, you know, if they come asking for it, we're giving up those negative emotions. We're clearing our conscience. We're becoming a better person. I'm sure many of you can relate to that. I'm sure many of us, in fact, I'm sure all of us are guilty of both. We've probably offended somebody with purpose and intent. And then we've been harmed with purpose and intent. We've been lied to. We've lied to others. We've promised things we couldn't keep our promise for. Um, We've made um, maybe an agreement, an arrangement, and they didn't fulfill it. Whatever the case may be, you know, it's out there. And so that's where we start. We have to start with forgiveness and then forgive ourselves. That's the other thing, too. A lot of people will make amends with others, but then they don't forgive themselves. So you got to include yourself in that as well. But we forgive someone if they offended us. We ask for forgiveness if we've offended somebody. I know that's easier said than done, but we have to drop our pride. We have to become humble in this area. When we do that, we drop our pride. We become humble. We seek out forgiveness. Then positive change begins. As long as pride and stubbornness is in your life, we cannot have a clear conscience. Again, what quality of life do you want to have? You work so hard to have a quality of life. Maybe you work so hard and you um, have a nice house that you go home to, a nice car, if you can find one these days. Friends, you've worked hard for all that. So why not work hard To have peace, inner peace, have inner freedom from all this nonsense that's going on, knowing that you aren't the one that's the root cause of it all, knowing that you're the one that isn't doing the offending. Now, that doesn't mean that if people are offending you, you just let them walk over you. No, absolutely not. You might have to have some sort of recourse. But if that recourse is positive, you know, let's say it requires a lawsuit, That might be a legit and positive way to reconcile a situation. 
as long as it's not with vengeance, spite, evil intentions. You know, oftentimes that's something that we do in the court of law, right? We not only get what we are owed, but we want more. We want to bury them. Well, that's not going to resolve anything anyway. Or like many times you see it in the movie, TV shows, somebody killed somebody else, and so a a family member wants to exact revenge, and they always use the thing that, first off, if you kill them, it's not going to bring back your loved one, and second, it's not going to make you feel any better. In fact, it's going to make you feel worse. It's almost in every cop show, you know, revenge-type show out there. And that's true. You do something out of revenge, it's not going to make you feel any better. It's going to make you feel worse. So how do we get there? What steps can we take? Well, depending on your uh, situation, maybe you start by making a list. You might come up with your own ways of doing it, but if you need help, maybe start by making a list of the offenses that were made against you. Write them down. This is what I feel in the areas and the people that offended me. It might seem petty, but you write it down. And then you can look at it. And then you could be like, okay, I've got my list. I'm going to check it out. Now, which ones are truly legit and which ones are kind of just made up? And what I mean by that, who are the people and what are the offenses that were legitimately offensive to you? Like someone did something to hurt you. They stole from you. They stabbed you in the back. They were talking bad about you. Legitimate things. And then there's others that are perceived that maybe you're not sure of, but you're still dwelling on it anyways. So once you have this list written out, now you can really look at it and check it, kind of like Santa, check the list, check it twice, and see which ones are really legit. Maybe you erase some of the ones that are like, well, I'm not really sure. Maybe this is just self-generated in my own mind, and it really didn't happen. And now you've got your core list of grievances against people that have offended you. This could be one way to start. Then you have to be honest with yourself. You have to make a second list. Now, who have you offended? And write it down. And then go through the list again. And again, you want to read out because you don't want to be a martyr. And you don't want to be, oh, woe is me and all this. You want to read out the ones that are kind of a figment of your imagination and really write down the legitimate ones. Okay, these are the people I offended. These are the things I've done wrong. Maybe it's at the workplace. Remember, we go back to that scope, right? That field of vision. God, immediate family, and then relatives, and then maybe friends, and then coworkers, and then maybe people we used to know, and then strangers, okay? So you have this field of scope of people and you start with the inner circle and then you go to the outer circle and maybe there's people in your immediate family. Everything's fine. Maybe there's some friends. Okay. There's a couple of rough spots here. I need to uh, fix. Okay. Now colleagues. Oh yeah. There's a whole lot of colleagues I need to fix. And then you go through the different groups. And once you start to weed it out and it might be a process, it might take some time. It might not be an overnight fix, but once you go through the process and you make those lists, and they're genuine, and they're legit, and you're not a martyr to yourself, you're not blaming yourself, but you're having real and honest conversation with yourself about legitimacy of things, then what you do is you start going down the list and asking people that you offended, maybe seek them out, ask them for forgiveness, clear the air. Now, you might remember this if you saw Billy Madison, this clip from uh, Billy Madison, When he starts to realize some of the things he's done, he calls an old high school buddy and he asks the old high school buddy for forgiveness. Well, if you don't remember the movie, if you've never seen the movie, 
Here's uh, that clip of him calling, asking for forgiveness from a former classmate in high school that he probably did some bad things to. Hi, is this Danny McGrath? Yeah. The Danny McGrath that graduated from Nib High School in 1984? Uh, yeah. Who's this? Um, this is uh, Billy Madison. You probably don't remember me, but I, I went to high school with you. Um, I, I kind of gave you a hard time back then, and I did some things that I thought were funny at the time, but now I realize they were just mean and, and stupid, and I uh, just wanted to apologize, and I hope you forgive me. Yeah, sure. Don't worry about it. It's no problem. Wow, well, that's great. Um, well, I am sorry, and uh, maybe we can get together sometime and, uh, and have some coffee or something. Sure, I'd like that. Okay, well, I'll see you around. Okay. Bye. Now, in true Adam, fa- uh, Adam Sandler fashion, the movie goes on. So the guy, after hanging up, goes to this apparent hit list that he had and crosses off Billy Madison's name on the list. And then later in the movie, this guy that Billy Madison called and asked for forgiveness of shows up and helps Billy Madison out later in a crisis. But again, it's a Billy Madison or it's an Adam Sandler movie called Billy Madison. But the point is the life lesson is, is that stuff like that can be true. You might've offended somebody years ago and maybe you need to go back and rectify it because this person never got over and thinks of you in a bad way. Do you want people thinking about you in a bad way? I don't think we do reunions anymore. Maybe you still do. I think we stopped doing it after maybe 15 or 20. I can't remember. But do uh, but you want people still thinking bad about you? Maybe you need to make amends. Now, this may play out if you do do that. It may play out in different ways. It could be good, like in this case. It could be bad where the person's still mad at you, hates you, and doesn't want to speak to you ever again. I don't know. could be neutral, like, okay, thanks. You know, never thought about it, but okay, thanks. And it could remain unresolved. But at least you know what you have the intentional purpose of wanting to rectify the situation, make amends. And now once you do this, you start going through this, you're starting to gain that clear conscience and your actions and the things that you've done to offend other people. Now that starts to be put in the past. You allow for apology and forgiveness to take place, maybe reconciliation to take place. You make your peace. You go on your own way. You never know. So if you allow for the apology and forgiveness to take place, that could lead to reconciliation, a friendship rekindled, a relationship rekindled, a partnership rekindled. Maybe you just make your peace. Okay, we're cool. Thanks. And then you just go on your way. Now, when you talk about reconciliation, it's resolving the issue, basically. It's resolving the issue to the point that it does restore a friendship or maybe you have a future or maybe um, there's kind of coming back together. So reconciliation is resolving the issue to the point where you maybe still have a connection. You rekindle the friendship. If you don't have a reconciliation, that's fine too. But at least you resolve the problem and then you're peace out. Okay. And now you're on the path for this clear conscience. Now, I hope it's making sense because a lot of people don't look at this. And I see in this day and age, a lot of people going through life really struggling and they don't know the cause of it. They don't know the cause of what's troubling them. On the outside, it looks like they have a good life. They said good job, good house, good car, good family, good friends. 
but yet they're still struggling. It could be something like this, where you're struggling with, with not having inner peace because of some of the things that you've done. You've done it purposefully and intentionally to harm other people. So now you're on this path for uh, having a clear conscience. And once you resolve these issues and you begin to have this clear conscience, you will start to have peace. Or at least your journey in life will be filled with more peaceful moments. Who wouldn't want that? I think a lot of people would love to have more peaceful moments. Family reunion. Now you don't have these issues to worry about. You show up to work in the morning. You've resolved the issues with your coworkers. You go to your class, your students, your teammates. You reconcile these situations, and now you've made your peace, and now you can get back to harmony and start having a peaceful journey, a peaceful life. On the playground of elementary schools, it's the best place to see this because kids will be playing, having a good time, not a care in the world, and somebody will do something to offend them. They get mad, and they storm off. And then usually the groups will take sides or some sort of division will be made amongst the school kids. And then eventually at some point, maybe it's, you know, at some point walking through the halls, back in the classroom, whatever, they figure it out. And then by the next recess or the next day, they're back all playing together because they resolved it. Now they're friends again. And so you see that a lot at the elementary playground level. People play, they get mad at each other. Maybe they come and tattle. And so you go and you just talk it out with them. What bothered you? What bothered you? Really? Maybe you guys can go do something else together and not worry about playing on the slide. Maybe go swing. Oh, there's not enough swings? Well, maybe you guys go do something else. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And then they're off they go. They're friends again. And you see it all the time. You see a friendship, you see something go bad, and so they split, and then they reconcile, and they get back together, and they're friends again. It's a great place to witness it. Now, Jordan Peterson is somebody that I'm uh, sure you guys have heard about. We've played him on the show many times. He talks about having a clear conscience and how that compares to happiness. You know, if you start with the presumption that there's a baseline of suffering in life and that that can be uh, exaggerated by as a consequence of human failing, as a consequence of malevolence and betrayal and self-betrayal and deceit and all those things that we do to each other and ourselves that we know that aren't good, that amplifies the suffering. That's sort of the baseline against which you have to work. And, and, and it's contemplation of that often that makes people hopeless and depressed and anxious and overwhelmed and yeah. all of that, and, and, and they have the reasons. But you need something to put up against that. And what you put up against that is meaning. Meaning is actually the instinct that helps you guide yourself through that catastrophe. And most of that meaning is to be found in the adoption of responsibility. So if you think, for example, if you think about the people that you admire, well, you think about when you have a clear conscience first, because that's a good thing to aim at, which is something different than happiness, right? Um, A clear conscience is different than happiness. Yeah, it's better. Yeah. That's you're not better. Like guilting yourself, you're not feeling bad about yourself. That's right. You feel yeah. that you've justified clean. you've justified your existence, yeah. right? And so you're not waking up at three in the morning in a cold sweat thinking about all the terrible things that you've involved yourself in. Mm. What you, you know, said to someone that you shouldn't have said, mm-hmm. or how you acted, or mm-hmm. lied, what or opportunity deceit. you lost, or or, mm-hmm. or 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 yeah, or or the things that you've that you've let go that you should have capitalized on, mm-hmm. and all of that. And so, if you think about the times when you're at peace with yourself with regards to how you're conducting yourself in the world, it's almost always 
conditions under which you've adopted responsibility. Mm. See, even there, he talks about how having a clear conscience is even better than happiness because you know you're living your life without purposefully or intently hurting other people. You're not talking bad about them. You're not lying about them. You're not waking up in a cold sweat at 3 a.m. You've not missed out on opportunities. You have a better life. Now, keep in mind the things that you could be guilty of that prevent you from having that clear conscience you might not even think of. What? Yeah, there's some things you might not even think of. Like, what about bitterness or resentment because you did not get a job promotion or you did not get something that you were looking forward to? Maybe ungratefulness is the root cause of your problems. Not being thankful for what you have, for the things you have, for the people around you, for your health. Try to switch places with somebody that's not very healthy. I think your perspective on life would change dramatically. Sometimes gaining this clear conscience involves you dealing with yourself, restoring yourself, resolving the inner issues that you have that are brought on by no one but you. Think about that. Sometimes gaining a clear conscience is me dealing with me. Yeah. It deals you. It deals with you dealing with yourself, restoring yourself, resolving the inner issues in yourself that were brought on by yourself. No one but you. A lot of times that's the problem, you. But yet you like to lash out at others, blame others, thinking it's other people that are problematic. But no, it's you. What about laziness? You did not put in the time. So you did not get the reward that you wanted. You did not get the promotion. So then you blame others for your lack of success. This is a big one. Students, for example, or coworkers, people like to blame others when you're in a group environment. We didn't get things done because of somebody else. Well, is, is, it, is it because of somebody else or is it because of you? What about stubbornness? Not doing what you're asked to do or you're supposed to do and then blaming others for your lack of action. This could be huge when it comes to relationships. You're being stubborn. So remember that issues that need to be resolved could be with yourself, could be family, relatives, friends, coworkers. You know, that scope, that field of scope, or that scope of field, that vision, that group of people. And it might require different uh, individualized plans for resolution. And again, if you go back to episode 66 on forgiveness of our Two Steps Ahead podcast, it really goes into depth on the issue. Plus the benefits. There's benefits to seeking someone's forgiveness as well as just giving forgiveness and letting go. One of the things that I find interesting is the manner in which people like to live, live life, you know. They like to compare things, compare and contrast, something you learn in, in English, how to do compare and contrast. So if you look at life in a comparing and contrasting manner and you look at the clear conscience attributes, okay, so what are the things that allow us to have a clear conscience and what are the things that maybe or the attributes that maybe don't give us a clear conscience? Think about this, love and hate. If you're loving others, you're going to have a clear conscience. If you're hating others, you're not. Truth and deceit. If you speak the truth, 
you're going to sleep at night. But if you're always lying and being deceitful and having bad business practices, then you always have to worry. Plus, you have to worry about the lies that you've told so you can keep them straight so you don't get caught in the lies. Justice and fairness. It's just for me to get a promotion because I did the work. I worked hard. I was prepared. It's not fair I didn't get the job. Well, sometimes fairness isn't justice. You got what you deserve because of how you went about doing it. Might not be fair, but it's just. What about purity and impurity? We've talked about that many times on the show as well. But that's a contrast. Mercy and bitterness. You know, notice how opposite each of these things are. And the attitudes, the actions, the words, the emotions that someone might be using or developing depending on what attribute they're using. So now you start to see where this clear conscience comes into play, where you can raise your standard, you can bring out your inner greatness. You can inspire and motivate others. It allows you to take your passion, to make it happen, and let yourself be great. And that's a much better life to live. So a clear conscience, what does that allow us to do? Okay, so I've got a clear conscience. I'm not purposely offending others. I've reconciled and rectified all the issues that I've had on my list. Is it blissful now? What are some practical, tangible things to having a clear conscience? Well, you could be a better example or witness to others on how to live a good life. People might be looking at you and being like, wow, they changed. What changed in them? They have more peace. They have happiness. They have contentment. How can I get that? Especially in today's day and age, a lot of people are looking for that and they can't afford to pay for it. We used to find contentment and peace and all that through money and buying things. We buy our contentment. We buy our peace. Can't do that anymore. Let's find other ways and maybe you are the example. We can resolve conflict better because our motives are pure. Our intentions are pure. We have a conflict. I have a clear conscience. I can act intentionally and purposefully using good attributes. I'm not going to resolve conflict with revenge or vengeance in mind. Get back at that person. Make them pay. And so you resolve conflicts better. You make better decisions in life. When you come across somebody and there's conflict and you've got that guilty conscience going, you might make a bad decision because of the motivations behind that decision. But if you've got a clear conscience, you're making better decisions on what to do. We have more power to overcome temptation and bad decisions when we have a clear conscience. We know that whatever I do, that's going to be bad, and it's going to weigh me down, and it's going to cause all kinds of problems for me, and I've just cleared up all these problems. I don't want to go down that road again. And so, boom, now my bad decisions, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to give in to temptation. I'm going to resist it. Deciding to do the right thing to keep a clear conscience so that you can have your inner peace, your peace in life. And it also allows you to build genuine relationships. If you're not out to use somebody, how many relationships people use each other? It's all up and down the spectrum. Business relationships, family relationships, work relationships, romantic relationships, friendships. People using people for an advantage. But when you have a clear conscience, you can build genuine relationships. 
Here are some common reasons why you don't do this or reasons that hinder you, hinder us from seeking forgiveness. So we want to seek forgiveness, right? Well, it happened a long time ago. What I did was a long time ago, back in high school. Well, look what Billy Madison did, if you want to use that analogy. And he rectified a situation. Well, the person moved away. Well, you know, you can easily, nowadays through social media, online, probably find somebody that knows them and track them down. It really wasn't that big of a deal. Might be another excuse you're thinking. Well, to them, it might have been a big deal. Things have gotten better between us. Well, maybe they can get even better if you rectified that situation. No one's perfect. Well, if we use that excuse, then are you going to use that excuse when people, are you going to allow for that excuse when people hurt you? Oh, that's okay. You offended me. You did something bad. You stabbed me back at work. But you know what? Uh, That's okay. You're not perfect. Of course not. See, the the reasons why you make excuses, you wouldn't accept if someone was trying to, uh, if you want somebody to, uh, you know, come and ask for your forgiveness. You wouldn't allow for this to take place. They were wrong. They, they didn't understand right. You know, my intentions were good, but they didn't understand. Or they won't understand what I'm doing, and they might mock me. So I'll do it later. Maybe it involves money. You owe somebody money. You promised to pay them back, but you haven't. And you don't have the money, so you don't want to talk to them. These are excuses that keep us from having a clear conscience, which keeps us from having a better life. And so you've made your list. Maybe you start with the greatest offense and move to the lesser offenses. Like in credit card debt, you pay off the one that has the highest interest rate, maybe the highest debt, and then you go to the, list, uh, the smallest ones. In person is probably best. But if you have to do it over the phone, video chat, etc., just do it. Maybe a personalized letter or some sort of communication, you know, like maybe an email. Um, I would use a regular mail over email first. Like use regular mail, then email if you have to, because a personalized letter in the mail. And then if you have to, text. Maybe they don't pick up, maybe they don't respond. But at least you did your part in trying to gain that clear conscience. So how do you do that? Well, you keep the apology straight and to the point. You know, something like I've been thinking recently about that incident that took place between us, and then you list the specifics. I'm sorry that I offended you or hurt you in that way. Will you forgive me? And then boom, depends on uh, the response. You take it from there. And then you create a plan not to do it again. So maybe you start with the greatest offenses and you go to the least. In-person communication and then maybe um, a personalized letter and then maybe texting, technology. You know, Find a way to reach out and just do it. Keep it straight and to the point. No need to embellish and whitewash it. Here's the specific things. I'm sorry. Here's Maybe it's mutual. Here's the specific things that I'm sorry for. Will you forgive me? I also feel that these are areas that you offended me. If you'd like to talk about these, I'm more than willing and available. And then you create plans not to repeat it. One way that you probably should not apologize, this is probably not the best way, to apologize for somebody, but uh, we got to do it. Joey on Friends trying to apologize for something that he did to Ross. Hey. Ross, I know you're pissed at me, but we have to talk about this. Uh, actually, uh, we don't. 
Fine, okay, fine. But I gotta say, technically, I didn't even do anything wrong. What? You, you didn't do anything wrong? I, I said I didn't technically. Okay, well, let's put aside the fact that you accidentally picked up my grandmother's ring and you accidentally proposed to Rachel. Well, can I just stop you right there for a second? When people do this, I don't really know what that means. <laughs> You were saying? And I could even understand that you couldn't tell Rachel. But why couldn't you tell me? Huh? You had all day to, and you didn't. I know, I should have. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not using it right, Joe. I'm gonna go. No, come on, look, Ross, we have to get past this. Give me the bag. No, look, I, I don't know what else to do. I said I'm sorry. Joey. Now, now you should scream at me or, or, or curse me or hit me. I, I'm not gonna hit you. Why not? You'll feel better, I'll feel better. And you know you want to, I can see it in your eyes. No, I don't. A little bit. No. A little bit. No. A little bit more. Give me the bag. No, hit me. Give me the bag. Hit me. Joey, give me the bag. Hit me. Joe, hit I'm me. not kidding. Hit me. No. Hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me. You ducked! I'm sorry, it was a reflex. Oh my god, this this really hurts. I couldn't help it. When a fist comes at your face, you duck. Look. Why don't we talk about this on the way to the hospital? Good, good. Yeah, maybe while we're there, they can check your reflexes. So again, probably not the best way. Might make things worse. But anyways, you get the gist. So having a clear conscience. Again, what is that? Well, it's having inner freedom. The inner freedom that comes by knowing that people are not offended by your thoughts or actions and no one can point a finger at you and accuse you of, it, of offending them. You're not willfully and purposefully out there trying to hurt people, trying to make them feel bad, stabbing them in the back, doing them wrong. You're out there purposefully and willingly and intentionally trying to treat people right. And again, sometimes, just because the world we live in and people get easily offended, they might be offended and they might come at you and say, you offended me because of X, Y, Z. But again, we're talking about willful, purposeful, and intentional. Okay? They might be offended for something that only they will be offended about because of who they are. But as long as you're not willfully, intentionally, or purposefully trying to offend somebody else, then you know that you can have a clear conscience. And if you have a clear conscience, you sleep better at night. You make better decisions, better relationships, avoid temptation. Things get better. You just have a better life, a better quality of life. And by doing so, you're raising the standard. You're bringing out your inner greatness. That allows you to be a motivation and an inspiration for others to do the same. And then you can take your passion. You can make it happen. And you can let yourself be great.
I'm Son Edom. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast. You can find us on our website at RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. Just click the Two Steps Ahead uh, Podcast logo and our shows pop up. SoundCloud is our audio portion where you can actually download the episodes and take them with you on the go. You can watch the videos there on RadioWarp.com via our YouTube channel. You can also subscribe to both our YouTube and our SoundCloud channels and never miss an episode. You can um, listen to podcasts anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You can also, um, hey Siri, hey Alexa, hey Google, play TWO, Two Steps Head Podcast, and we pop up there as well. Instagram page, uh, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast is our show page. And then if you want to know more about me personally, my personal page is Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, Edom Rocks. Um, so yeah, when you're out there, think about what's going on in life. Think about how you're acting, how you're reacting. It could be little things. Sometimes, you know, it's hard to deal with strangers because sometimes we might react in a way that later we feel bad about it, but there's no way of going about and finding them, you know, maybe you just were at the shopping center, maybe at the mall and something bad exchange with uh, another guest at the mall. And so you don't know where they're at. You can't find them. So what do you do? Well, you just make sure you don't do it again. Realize what happened and have a better plan. So you don't do it again. There's always different things. Your life throws all kinds of things at us. There's no one, there's not one solution that will fit every problem. There's no one size fits all. And so we have to be able to adapt. But as long as we are trying our best to do our best, as long as we are trying, like I said, willful, purposeful, intentful, as long as those intentions are good, that's all we can try. That's all we can strive for. Again, that scope, our intentions, our purpose, our willfulness towards our God, towards our family, towards our relatives, towards our friends, our coworkers, Maybe our social media world, maybe people that used to be kind of friends and coworkers, but we really don't hang out with them anymore because just, just life happens. Others, that scope, whatever it is, as long as we're trying, that's all we can do. And then the more we do it and we have a mindset for it, our mindset is this is what we're going to do. And we start practicing it, then it starts to become a part of life and then we don't have to. Be so concerned with it because that's what we're practicing. It becomes a part of us. It becomes the real us. Again, hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. Again, RadioWarp.com. That's RadioWARP.com is our website. Instagram, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. YouTube, SoundCloud. And listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Sonium, thank you so much. Take your passion. Make it happen. Let yourself be great. And until next time, God bless.